Welcome to Web and Beyond Live for September 13th, 2021. I'm Ray Sidney Smith. I am president of W3 Consulting and managing director of W3C Web Services, which provides affordable web and WordPress hosting, domain name registration services, and other web-related products and services for small business. Web and Beyond Live is a weekly show about topical and timely small business digital marketing and related issues. So welcome. Uh, everybody, to those who are here live, feel free to ask questions in the chat, and I'll be happy to answer them as we make our way along. If you're watching the replay or listening after the fact, feel free to leave your questions in the comments, or you can message me on Twitter or elsewhere, and I'll be happy to answer them there. And so this week, we're going to talk about the news of the week, and then I'd like to uh, close out the show with just a a quick discussion on why super apps, I'll explain what super apps are, and why I don't think they're likely to make their way into the uh, US anytime soon, and how small businesses should think about developing applications in light of the challenges that super apps face here in the States and really abroad. And so with that, let's get into our news this week. Uh, first and foremost, we um, are hearing lots of news about shortages across the supply chain. Uh, I'm hearing this from a lot of my own small business clients and the issues they're really facing in terms of being able to get basic goods into the US and from one place to the next in the US. And so this is something that we have to continually pay attention to uh, because the COVID-19 pandemic has continued to linger uh, we are probably going to see a resurgence in cases over the next few weeks. Uh, we know that you know various places are plateauing or are seeing uh, rampant increases in the amount of uh, hospitalizations and infections. So uh, this is just something we're dealing with. And so I, I just I bring this up because we are all facing it. And so it's just kind of nice to know that those of you who are in retail or product businesses, I'm I'm just hearing it. You know, this is one of those things. This is also in light of of the job situation where there are various staffing issues that are coming across the board and I keep hearing from clients, you know, trying to figure out how to find good staff, where to find them, and how to really manage around uh, staff when you're a small staff and people are are ill. Uh, it's very difficult to keep the business running, uh, keeping all of the various shifts covered when that happens. And in light with that, uh, the uh, president has decided to uh, command OSHA, the Occupational Safety uh, part of the government to basically mandate that U.S. businesses with over 100 employees basically require a uh, vaccination and or testing, I believe it is. So it's vaccine or test. So it's not technically a mandate in that sense. So you uh, either get the vaccination uh, if you're one of the employees of a, a firm with 100 employees or more, or you go on for weekly testing. So uh, while this has been bandied about politically as being some kind of, um, you know, at being severe, uh, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration is really putting down uh, what I consider to be a light vaccination uh, guideline. Uh, because in the past, when it's come to any other vaccine where a president has implemented a mandate, it has truly been a mandate <laughs> where you had to get it or uh, you would not be able to work. So, um, in this particular case, I think this is good for the economy. I think this is good for our health as a nation. And so I'm I'm hopefully I'm hoping that this will help to um, buffer those issues that have come come about. Now, again, 
this doesn't come without a cost. There's a cost everywhere. But, uh, you know, we're talking about the cost of lives versus uh, maybe some small short-term economic impacts uh, to allow the long-term economic impacts not to compound. So I, I'm I'm kind of bullish about this. I think I'm po- I'm pro uh, this mandate, uh, this really this guideline really that OSHA is providing that you either have your employees be vaccinated or go to weekly testing, and hopefully this will this will stem the tide of this pandemic so we can just go back to uh, some semblance of of the after times, right? We always talk about the before times now when it comes to the pandemic. I'm looking forward to whatever the after times look like so that we can uh, deal with these worker shortages, deal with these supply chain issues, and really go back to, uh, you know, some normal normative perspective. Um, moving right along, uh, Google has uh, put out a new tier in their uh, plan storage. So Google One is Google's storage plans. Uh, so this includes your storage for Gmail and Google Calendar and Google Photos and Gmail and all those other you know, Google Drive and so on and so forth. All of those uh, storage-based uh, programs within the ecosystem of what Google now calls Google Workspace, Google One is the place where that is managed. They've added this new storage plan, the five terabyte plan, and this fits in between the two terabyte plan and the 10 terabyte plan and comes out at about $24, or $25 uh, per month. And so I think this is great because if you don't need 10 terabytes, then you can save that money and not spend uh, that on the 10 terabyte plan while you're making your way up for that. So it's half the price, right? At $25 per month, the 10 terabyte plan would be $50 per month. And so if you have breached the two terabyte limit or you are nearing your two terabyte limit on your Google One plan, then you can upgrade in this incremental way and save that money for uh, you know that time between getting to five terabytes and going to ten, and so I think it's always good as well to just think about this from both a business and a personal perspective. On the business side of things, if you are utilizing Google Workspace for business and you are nearing one of those limits, uh, be mindful of the fact that you can go back to back material and delete stuff. You can prune your database so that you know getting rid of some of those older items uh, that can bring you underneath the limit and therefore keep you on a lower plan just for cost savings purposes. Uh, But once you do get to that level, note that you can also upgrade individual users' storage plans. So for example, I personally can upgrade to the five terabyte plan and keep my other staff members at another plan level. So you kind of have some wiggle room there in terms of being able to upgrade one individual's to a higher storage plan uh, without affecting the entire Uh, company in terms of having to do that. So just good on Google for giving us this additional storage plan. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, greater uh, capabilities within the Google One environment. All right, this is uh, National Small Business Week. And so happy National Small Business Week to everybody. Uh, In light of that, Uh, There have been a number of different things going on in that space. One of them is that the SBA is hosting a a summit, a virtual summit for National Small Business Week. And if you go to sba.gov forward slash National Small Business Week with hyphens in between that, so national hyphen small hyphen business hyphen week, uh, you will then be taken to this page to register for the National Small Business Week virtual summit. It is running from today, which is September 13th through September 15th. And you can register on that page and join the 
hosted virtual summit and learn from all of the various speakers and content in there. There are exhibitors, all kinds of fun things going on inside of the National Small Business Week virtual summit. In line with that, The Hill, the uh, political newspaper, is uh, hosting an, an event called Small Business Summit. Uh, I'm presuming this is in uh, honor of also National Small Business Week, but I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think so, because this is actually, uh, it, I believe it's free. It's being sponsored by Alibaba, and it's actually on September 23rd. It runs and starts from 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. And so that's on September 23rd, 2021. So you can register. They have uh, various uh, senators and representatives uh, speaking along with the, the chair of Goldman Sachs, 10,000 Small Business Voices. And so that's really interesting. They have the CEO of Export Now and the Associate Administrator, Administrator of the Office of Entrepreneurial development at the Small Business Administration, the SBA. Uh, they have a couple of business owners as well, small business owners, and uh, the CEO of ZipRecruiter and the CEO of TaskRabbit all speaking at the event. So it should be a pretty interesting summit to attend if you're interested in doing so. You can register from the link in the show notes. All right, uh, next up is the SBA is also quadrupling their economic injury disaster loan program cap to $2 million. And so it was originally $500,000. And so if you do have an idle loan, and one of these idle loans, and you applied and you, and you maxed out at the 500,000 limit, you can now go back and ask to uh, increase your loan to the new maximum that you're eligible for. So this can be used for uh, business debt, for all kinds of other, you know, loan purposes that you would use, uh, necessary expenses. And so this is really good. You have until December 31st, 2021 to apply. And so now you can go ahead and do that. Uh, there is a backlog of these increase uh, limit increase requests, and the SBA is, uh, you know, working to work through that backlog, but just get yourself in and ready to go ahead to do that if you are in that situation. Okay, moving right along. Uh, in light of National Small Business Week, I imagine uh, Facebook has decided to announce that they are going to buy $100 million worth of unpaid invoices from approximately 30,000 small businesses. These are purported to be for women and minority businesses specifically. So this $100 million commitment basically is a, a basically purchasing of uh, of remittances, you know, or uh, unpaid remittances uh, for businesses. So this is like buying accounts receivable in essence. And they're calling this the Facebook invoiced fast track program. And so the idea is to get money in the hands of uh, women and minority owned businesses faster so that they are able to continue operating and growing their business. And so this is a great gesture on the part of Facebook. Um, I'm curious to see what actual kind of economic impact this kind of program has. But there are many businesses where, you know, they're waiting on invoices to be paid. And that's the difference between making payroll or not, and or growing the business in some way, shape or form. And so Facebook has, uh, you know, is doing this. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a nice gesture. Walmart is actually working to accept a cryptocurrency called Litecoin. And so they've made an announcement uh, that they are attempting to do this Litecoin uh, remittance work. And so we'll see what happens. So they're going to, um, they're, they're basically, you know, partnering with Litecoin to allow customers to uh, do that 
uh, to use that cryptocurrency in their uh, stores as well as in their uh, mobile application and website. And so we'll see what happens in the in the coming uh, you know few weeks and months as they try to make Litecoin a you know a payment option. And uh, strange that they didn't choose Bitcoin, uh, but I would presume they're choosing it because Litecoin is a little more stable in terms of volatility. All right, this brings me to kind of the, the satellite of, of the topic that I wanted to talk about today. But starting off, Alibaba, the, the large Chinese conglomerate, has debuted a new dropshipping tool they called Dropshipping Solutions, which now allows a small business owner to, in essence, source their products from Alibaba and deliver those to clients. The idea is to support businesses who want to start businesses and uh, sell those products. So this is a great option for those of you who want to start an e-commerce store but don't have products that you have on the shelves to sell. Dropshipping Solutions uh, by Alibaba.com now is going to give you those products to be able to sell. Uh, They have also announced a $500,000 grants program to help existing e-commerce platforms for those U.S. small and medium-sized businesses that apply in that uh, arena. So uh, good of them to do that. I'm very curious to see how this dropshipping solution works comparative to things like Oberlo and other dropshipping platforms. So it's just a matter of uh, paying attention to all of that. And of course, this works in line with Alipay. Uh, For those of you who are not aware of what Alipay is, it is one of the super apps. And so Alipay, like uh, WeChat in China and in other places, uh, there are these various applications that in essence do a whole lot of things all in one application. Uh, They usually start with a payment uh, platform or payment protocol, and that allows people to then allows these these tech giants to then expand their book of services. So for example, just using Alipay since they're the you know kind of in that space, um, we can see that you know Alipay at its core has a payment uh, protocol built into it. You can pay for things from within Alipay. And so if you go to Alibaba, you can make uh, payments and so on and so forth. Uh, the interesting thing then is that you can then go to stores and make payments to stores from within the application. Even more than that, you can transfer money among friends. And so you can send money to and from friends and to and from bank accounts of that sort. Uh, Alipay also has a bank that can provide loans within the application as well. So you're in the app and you can apply for a loan directly within Alipay. And that gives you those capabilities. And so now you can just do all kinds of things. If we look at the list of things that it says you can do within it, send and receive money from your peers, transfer money to friends or split the bill at a favorite restaurant, a card-free payment and millions of merchants. You can top up your mobile phone and pay your utility bills within Alipay. Um, you can place and track orders in Taobao and Tmall. So there's like a mall, a virtual mall inside of this system, it sounds like. Order food from local restaurants or book a taxi, kind of like Uber uh, and Uber Eats. Manage your money with wealth management products, uh, and the list goes on, right? So it has all of these various capabilities within the application, and that is why it's considered a super app. It's basically one application where you have many different capabilities within that same application. Of course, that has brought it under scrutiny, and, uh, you know, uh, Alibaba's stock tumbled, right? Because they have just received notice from Beijing that Beijing wants to go ahead and break up the Alipay application uh, because Alipay's loan 
part of it, the loan part of the business within the application, uh, they feel like should be its own separate app. And so you can see there's a shot across the bow to all of the super apps around the globe, because the reality is, is that this one application does so much, uh, you know, China basically wants to say to them, uh, you, you, you're doing too much, you're, you've got too much control within this one centralized platform, uh, maybe you shouldn't have that kind of control. And so that kind of brings me to the idea of super apps and where small businesses should fall in line with that kind of thing. As I noted before, Walmart is attempting to establish cryptocurrency uh, for just payment purposes within their shopping application. And that might be where the entry point begins for applications like major stores are already doing that. So Walmart and Target and Amazon and so on and so forth do so many different things and they can utilize them within an application ecosystem very easily. They could just import those functions into their apps. And at what point does an application become uh, too unwieldy for the government to really control those pieces. We're currently struggling with that with regard to Google, with regard to Facebook, uh, with regard to Microsoft, with regard to Apple and others. Uh, I would argue to some extent that Apple has already created a super app and that is the Apple ecosystem itself. Uh, just creating the Apple operating system, all of the apps that live within the Apple umbrella on the Apple ecosystem are kind of inside of one super app um, because Apple has a tendency to really make tight integration between those applications. That's its value proposition. It's supposed to make it easy for you. It's supposed to make it beautiful. So you have this very seamless experience in terms of interacting with those pieces. Um, I would argue that Google, to some extent, um, is, is like that super app, right? They've created this Gmail application and uh, environment where you now have Google Workspace and you have tasks and you have calendar and you have uh, Google Chat where you can uh, message and make phone calls and launch Google Meet video meetings and audio meetings within them. That's starting to bundle together those pieces. The the uh, in in Gmail you can send funds uh, through Google Pay, and so uh, Apple you have Apple Pay, and so we're starting to see some of that happening here in the United States, and we as small business owners have to think about this from two perspectives. One, how much do we want to be inculcated in one of the environments? Uh, for my business, we've chosen to to be inside of the Google ecosystem. And so we've chosen Google Workspace for business and we're, I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with the consolidation of those pieces, but I also know that I'm not comfortable with all of our services being provided within the Google ecosystem only because Google doesn't provide the best services in and across all of those pieces. So we've chosen to use software outside of Google Workspace that satisfies those needs best. And uh, like we've decided to use WordPress for our website because we think that the WordPress provides us the best infrastructure for being able to uh, develop and publish our websites. So the, the idea here is to choose the right tools and uh, figure that all out. So that's one thing, right, is how you're going to utilize it. But then on the flip side is how you actually plan and uh, produce your own um, kind of um, uh, apps yourself, right? And you've probably heard me talk about this many times, which is that I really feel like businesses should be launching their own applications. And if you're doing that, then you have to think, well, how much should my application do? Many businesses come to me and they don't know 
what the primary function of their mobile app should do. So they think, well, we'll just put our website in there. And uh, and that's not enough, right? That's just a, a brochure in essence inside of a mobile application skin. But then some businesses come to me and they wanna do everything inside of that application and this is where the warning of the super app really comes into play. Not because I think that regulators are going to come after you and tell you that you do too much inside your application. That, that's uh, probably a slim uh, to none, uh, you know, null uh, proposition, but or concern or risk. But what I'm I'm more concerned is that when you entree, when you introduce and onboard users from your audience into a mobile application, there needs to be a clear argument for why they should install that application and a core purpose for that application. And that's the kind of thing that helps you market. That focus allows you to be able to market that application to your audience through either Google search, for people being able to find you inside of the iOS app store, as well as the Android Google Play store. And these things are, are um, it's all about a, a strong brand message, a core central purpose of that application. Sure, you could do all kinds of things within an app, but if you do one thing really well, then people are likely to install it and keep it installed. And if the value proposition is high enough, say a loyalty program application that you have published, those are things that are going to keep people keeping your app. And then, of course, you can put in uh, tertiary components that help benefit that primary purpose. But if you do too much in one particular application, then you may potentially start to uh, you know, bleed out with people saying, well, yeah, they do a bunch of things, but actually this is the application I really enjoy doing this for. And this application over here uh, really does this really well. And so therefore this application becomes less useful for me. So I think we just really need to think through especially when our application is supposed to support our business, make sure that the functionality of that application is really supporting the work of our business and not just some tertiary thing uh, for the sake of it, and certainly not multiple things uh, just for the sake of it. And so, yeah, that's where my, my mind really goes with regard to super apps. I don't think it's bad to have a to have an application that does several things well, as long as they fit within a a clear um, you know kind of like uh, like a multifunction tool right you know some people have uh, you know a, a multifunction tool you open it up and it has a small little you know uh, bottle cap you know opener it has a, a small knife it has a little uh, screwdriver built into it and so on and so forth those are all useful features uh, in a pinch but they're all not as good as a full-sized regular screwdriver or a power drill or a full-size saw, right? So we have to be mindful of the fact that these mobile applications that we can now produce really easily and well need to work together to complement and enhance our primary services or provide our services in a, a convenient way. So I'm really curious to hear from you all how you might think about producing these applications, whether you yourself would think that a super app would make sense and where it might make sense. And so uh, just like, you know, my idea is kind of pie in the sky, but it would be that uh, maybe a regional government might produce a super app that does multiple things for economic development purposes, right? It might do 
uh, couponing for local restaurants and retail shops. Uh, it might provide instructions and directions, uh, sourcing from Google Maps or Apple Maps or Open Maps to provide directions to those uh, various places, as well as to government buildings and to other kinds of places like you know recycling centers and and whatnot, so that you're e more easily capable of getting there. I can see a government or regional government having, or regional economic development authority, uh, having purview over, over a super app like that, that would really work to benefit your small business. So I could see those things. Uh, and, and so we do have some opportunities for super apps that may not uh, challenge the status quo and may actually be much more useful in that sense. So uh, let me know your thoughts. I'm really curious about those uh, you know, who are thinking about producing apps, what those apps would actually do and how they would be uh, functioning and uh, what the functionalities would be within the apps. And so uh, with that, that brings us to the close of our time together today. I hope this was useful, informative, interesting at least. Uh, but um, if you've enjoyed the live stream, feel free to click the thumbs up icon. That does help us make new small business friends. And so thank you for doing that. If you have a question, feel, leave, feel free to leave a, a comment. Uh, you can also tweet at me or message me at W3Consulting, the number three, so W3Consulting on Twitter. And you can join us, of course, here every Monday, typically at 11 a.m. Eastern. Unless we note, you know, a different time, uh, we'll usually post across social channels to let you know if we are doing it at a different time. And we always publish the time, you know, on YouTube and elsewhere that the time has changed and, and um, so that you're aware of that. But thank you so much for spending this Web and Beyond live with me. I'm Ray Sidney Smith on behalf of W3 Consulting and W3C Web Services. Have a great week ahead, marketing and managing your small business on the Web and Beyond.